Ronananian. Folks, the car's 12 to 14 years old. How can you ask for a recall on something that's rusted out and been through 10 or more winters, especially in the harsh Midwest, where they have this thing called salt that melts snow and ice? The car doctor. You know, my experience has been the aftermarket cats are typically three quarters the size of the original equipment cat. I mean, they're cheaper. There's a reason why they're cheaper. It's the same material. There's just less of it. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Live from New York. Ronanian. Can I ride on a flat tire? That was the question at the shop this week. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here as always at 855-560-9900. Real honest to God phone call, folks. Call comes into the shop. Hey, I've got a flat tire. If I put air in it, how far can I go? I thought about it and I said I really need a good answer for this because I've got to like nip this in the bud because if this is somebody that thinks they can drive around on a flat, I've got to give them something to think about. My second question was, what color are my eyes? And they said, I don't know. And I said, well, that's right. You haven't seen my eyes, and I haven't seen your tire, and that's why neither one of us knows what answer to give. So the safe answer is fix the tire and get it towed, which they did. But it brought up an interesting point in my mind in that how many of you are capable and willing and able and ready to deal with flat tires, spare tires, where are they, what kind of jack equipment is in the vehicle? And it made me think I have to start banging the drum again with regards to young drivers. We had a young driver come into the shop this week. She was 3,500 miles overdue for her oil change. She came in because the license plate light bulb was out. And that's great. I told her, I said, I'm really glad that you were paying attention for that. But, you know, the oil change has gone 3,500 miles late. And she wasn't even aware of where the sticker was or what it meant, and nobody had ever taken the time to explain it to her. And that's when I realized between that phone call and her showing up, I said, what would happen if you got a flat? Would you know how to deal with it? She thought about it. 18 years old, stuck on the side of the road? No, I wouldn't. Nobody's ever told me how to deal with that either. And it made me think that it's really time for the experienced generation, us older folks, We've got to really start teaching the kids. Listen, we know we can't teach them to work on cars the way my generation did and the generations before and a little bit after, but we've got to teach them how to change flats. I told her the story that when my kids all got their driver's license, everybody, first day out, they went down, they got their license, they came back, used cars, I'm ready to go, good. Put the air out of one tire. When you learn how to change that, I'll let you go out tonight. And that's a true story. That's how all my girls, all my girls know how to change a flat tire. And um, that's something they've never forgotten, and uh, I'm glad to say that uh, I was able to do that for them. Anyway, something to think about. Just be aware of flat tires and how to deal with uh, flat tires and spares and never have to ask the question, how long can I ride on a flat? Probably not too far. Anyway, 
let's uh, let's one thing we want to do is we want to mention the fact and welcome to the Car Doctor family, WRCR AM seventeen hundred in Ramapo, New York. We're glad to have them. They are the voice of the Hudson Valley, and we're happy and proud to be on them here now in the New York City area in the tri-state area as a growing part of the Car Doctor family, and um, once again a radio station that gets it. And uh, we're glad to add them to the list, and we're glad for our listeners in New York. And the car doctor is back. Thank you. Let's get over and open the garage doors, which I know is what everybody is waiting for. Let's kick them open and go talk to Mike, 99 Expedition, with some problems in an AC code. Mike, you're on with the car doctor, baby. How can I help? Well, it's I've got a toad telling me that I'm lean on bank one. Um, I just got done replacing the engine on it. Oh, I had the engine replaced. Okay. Uh, backyard mechanic guy. That's all right. So, and, you, so what do you got? A P zero one seven one fault code on the left side. I think so. All right, and nothing. No other fault codes in the system. No other fault codes. Okay. But the air conditioner compressor quit working at the exact same time. I didn't know if that was just coincidence or maybe there's a wire harness that isn't connected. Yeah, I mean the answer out that engine and the, the answer to all of that is possibly, maybe, sure. Um, besides the fault code, has anybody scanned this? Can you tell me what any sort of fuel trim readings are? Do we have any answers there? No, I haven't had it scanned. Okay. Uh, basically, think of it like this. You've got a V8 engine, right? Uh-huh. You've got two four-cylinders under the hood, all right? And the way the computer looks at it on this car is it looks at the left side and the right side. So it's setting a fault code for P0171. Until you know what the right side is doing... It's it's really not a safe bet to start diagnosing anything. You ever get sick, Mike? Not very often. Well, but you do, I right? I mean, you, you get a sore throat, right. a fever. Um, you ever notice like a couple of days before you're just not feeling right and it slowly creeps up on you? And right. Then, and you kind of say to yourself, gee, I don't feel too good. I better get to bed early tonight or I better stop doing this or doing that and start taking care of myself. That's your brain. That's your That's your body computer saying, hey, we're about to set a fault code. You got to be ready. The car computer does the same thing. It looks at the fuel trim, left side, right side. The left side already has the aches and pains. It set the code. If the right side has aches and pains, but it's a little slow in catching up, it's not as fast, it hasn't set the P0174 fault code yet, which if it's a lean code, that's what it's going to be. All right? Now, if you look at fuel trim and the left side fuel trim is plus 25% and the right side or bank two is zero, then we've got a left side fault. And then we can start to think about oxygen sensors. We can start to think about vacuum leaks related to the left side and the left side only, or bank one only, whichever side it is, and and, and kind of pursue it that way. So before we start jumping around and looking at wiring and maybe making it worse, do you have access to a scan tool? Um, I just have the one that's part of my tuner. Okay. Does it does it give you fuel trim readings? No, it does not. Okay. It just gives me fault codes. Spend a hundred bucks, buy a scan tool. Cheap enough. Okay. All right. And and let me explain to you what you're looking for. All right. What do you do for a living, Mike? Uh, aircraft. Okay. So Assembler. so so you understand technical stuff. If if zero is a balanced air fuel mixture, all right. If they have to add fuel to the mixture because it's lean you're going to see a positive number. If they have to take fuel away because it's running rich, it's a negative number. There is short-term fuel trim, what's happening right here now. There's long-term fuel trim, which is history. 
It's what happened over a certain time period, and it varies by vehicle manufacturer and model year. So what you're looking for is you want to put a scanner on it. You want to look at fuel trim. You want to look at bank one, bank two. You want to see fuel trims somewhere zero plus or minus 10%. Anything extreme beyond that, that'll tell us where to go. If you can do that this week, call me back next week. I'll be glad to help you further. Okay. All right, sir, if you need help during the week, let me point this out, too. If you do need help during the week and you want to shoot me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. All right, sir? All right, thank you. You're very welcome. Take good care. Let's get on over and talk to Jean Marie, Hartford, Connecticut, on line two. Jean Marie, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Hi, how are you? I called you the other day because I was having a problem with the ABS and brake lights on my 2003 Chevy S10 four-cylinder engine. Okay. And I um, went on the Internet and looked up what the problem might be and replaced the modular. Okay, the ABS, the, the ABS controller with all the brake lines going into it? Yes. Okay. Yes, did did you scan any of this? Did you scan any of this for fault codes, Jean Marie? No. Okay. So no, we're, ro- we're, 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 yeah, we're, we we're rolling the dice. Them. Go ahead. Okay. We didn't know if we should believe the brakes. Well, you're going to have to bleed the brakes. Well, did you change? Did you change the entire assembly, disconnecting the lines, or did you just try and change the electronic portion? That so we disconnected the uh, battery cable and nope. then just put that in. No, if this was you did the electronic side, then the hydraulic portion of the brakes aren't affected. They, they they are they're as good as they are now as they were before you replaced what you replaced. Okay. All right. They seem to be, yeah. Right. So is the lights are the lights still on? No. Okay. And your question to no, me? They're not. Okay, so was your question to me just do you need to bleed the brakes? Yes. Yeah, no, then if 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 you didn't touch the hydraulics, if you didn't open the hydraulics as far as if you didn't open the hydraulics, then you're fine right where you are. All right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm Ron Annie in the car doctor, 855-560-9900. By the way, if you're looking for more information about this radio show, it's cardoctorshow.com. You'll find a wide list of websites there, among them iHeart and iTunes.com for podcasts of this radio show and subscription. And um, I'll be back right after this. Glad to be here. Stay tuned. Back, Ronan Nini and the Car Doctor. The phone number is 855-560-9900. Call in, get your car question answered. Don't be afraid of your car. Let me help you deal with it and understand it at a level that makes you comfortable. 855-560-9900. Let's do a quick piece of email before we go back to the busy phones. Ron, I just left my 2014 Jeep Grand Cherokee at the dealer for a P0520 fault code and any recalls and reflashes it may need. The service writer said the reflashes are $20 each because I'm out of warranty at 40,000 miles and I need six. Should they charge for an improvement that my car should have from the factory or am I wrong to think that way? Thanks, Tom. I think you're wrong to think that way, Tom, and I'll tell you why. Now, you know, maybe 40,000 miles isn't a whole lot to you, but the car is, well, let's see, 2014, 20 year. It's still out of warranty. 
That's kind of weird, though. I wonder if the reflashes, my question would have to be, are the reflashes emissions related? And I'm wondering where that falls under what jurisdiction, because I believe there's an emission compliance warranty here as well. And I would be mindful of that. But you have to think of it as a software improvement. Now, you buy Windows, and they don't charge you for downloads, and they guarantee it, I guess, for the life of the program or until the program has to be replaced, but that's at a different level. Software reflashes are a modification uh, that may or may not affect performance but may be there for another reason. So unless you know what those recalls actually are for, I can't say that they're right or wrong for charging it. I the point you really need to look at here is what are the reflashes for? Um, and they may not know. They may just say, hey, there's a reflash for this or a reflash for that. And the question becomes, why? You need six. The part that bothers me about this email, I've got to tell you, Tom, is that they need six because usually one supersedes and overrides the other. I have not seen, unless they're saying six separate components, six separate modules, which is very possible. So... I, I think part of the problem here I would have with this is if you purchase the vehicle there, it's a 2014, if they're looking to build goodwill, I won't say that they should do it for free, but I think they should um, I think they should cut you some slack here on the price because it's easy enough for them to do. It's something they do part and parcel of each and every day. Good question for a warranty for a uh, relationship builder here, Tom. I would go back and talk to them and um, see if maybe perhaps you can – kind of talk your way into would they do something for you on a, uh, you know, listen, I get my car serviced here, and I'd like to continue to do so. Can we meet me halfway and uh, give me it for uh, half price? See what that does, and uh, email me again, ron at cardoctorshow.com. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go over to Gloria, Sacramento, California, 2010 Honda Civic, and some questions about fuel economy. Gloria, you're on with the car doctor. How can I help at 855-560-9900? Well, I, I've only been driving this Honda Civic. It's a 2010. I've only been driving it for two weeks. And I specifically asked for a four-cylinder, uh, and it's got a 1.8-liter engine. It's an automatic. I'm really disappointed in the gas mileage because I've only, I'm only getting 20 miles to the gallon. I mean, everything else, the air filter, the, the pressure in the air, uh, the tires, it's all good. So I'm really needing to know what is it then that determines the miles per gallon in the city on a car? Well, the way they come up with the CAFE ratings, the corporate average fuel economy, is they will run a test cycle. And they basically, they being the federal government and the agency that controls this rating, they will take a, an average sampling of how people drive and decide that this person goes here and this person goes there and this is going to be a city loop and this is going to be a highway loop and we're going to combine that and here's the differences and you know this one is city rating this is the highway rating and so on what determines that in the engine is a lot of factors it's tire pressure it's filters it's it's general maintenance it's general condition of the car but you will typically find a 10 to 15 percent drop off from cafe rating to actual mileage around town But one of the things I want to point out is my first question in this type of scenario, what kind of driving do you do? You know, are you are you mostly stop and go or just yeah, it's always in the city. Uh I hardly ever go more than five miles away from where I live. But yeah, it's stop and go all of the time. And 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 that's not the cafe rating. And you wanna know why? 
because okay. if they did cafe rating based on the person that goes five miles to the market and back and six miles this way and back and four miles that way and back, the cafe ratings would be lower and nobody would buy the car because the miles per gallon would be less. So when they say when they told me 25 miles per gallon, were they kind of like including freeway driving in that? Well, it depends on who they is and what their number is. There, There is a way you can go out on the web and Google search, you know, 2010 Honda Civic cafe ratings, corporate average fuel economy ratings, and that will give you the government-mandated listing and ratings for what that car should be. Now, you okay. just you just purchased this car, Gloria? I've only been driving it for a little over two weeks. Okay, so it's it's five years old at this point. Right. Okay, so, you know, it's a five-year-old car. The first question you want to come back to is, uh, you know, what sort of maintenance has it had? At, at 113,000 miles it's not factory fresh anymore. And if the person that you purchased it from primarily did oil changes and that was it, you know, a lot of things can be factored in. When was the last time the fuel system had maintenance? Did it ever have a carbon cleaning? You know, cars grow well, older. I, cars, cars. I purchased it from a dealership. Okay. And there was a Carfax uh, list of things that had been done to it. Uh, but, yeah, okay. You know, it's, 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 remember, the dealership is there to sell it to you. Now, right. <laughs> now, now, you know, it's like, hey, listen, they're trying to make a living and they're, you know, it's, it's, so, you know, my questions are, you know, and I don't find 20, although 20 is a little low for a Civic, but I'm, I'm thinking it's the combination of your driving style. And frankly, when that car was cafe tested back in 2008 and 9 before it was sold as a 2010. We we were into an entirely different formulation of gasoline at that point, and oh, and, and, and that okay. that plays a factor too. So you know, all being considered, I think the way I would tell you to approach this is: Do you have a mechanic that you trust? Yes. Then it's time to go in and talk to him, and have that cup of coffee conversation, and say, "Look, you know, can we catch up on maintenance? Can we make sure it had a ninety thousand mile service? Can we do a fuel system cleaning?" where we, you know, blast away at carbon deposits and, and clean the intake tracks and things like that. And can we make sure all the filters and the tire pressure is done and check the alignment and things like that. And then, just for giggles, take it out on the highway and take it out for a little bit of a longer ride. Go somewhere for a half hour or try to put 100 miles on it and check your miles per gallon. And I can almost guarantee you it's going to come up and that's going to make a huge difference. Glory, I appreciate the call. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here. 855-560-9900. Blasting out loud and clear. And happy to be here on all of these Car Doctor affiliates, especially WRCR AM 1700 Rockland. We're glad to be include them in uh, the ever-growing Car Doctor family of affiliates across this great country of ours. And uh, we're happy to be able to be here and talk to everybody in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and so on. So um, it's good to be back. Real quick, I want to flash back myself, no pun intended, to that 2014 Grand Cherokee email. As I sat here thinking about it over the pause, I think Tom's getting cheated, and I'll tell you why. Because anything PCM, powertrain control module, or TCM, trans control module, anything emission-related is covered under 8-year, 80,000-mile warranty. So depending upon what modules are being flashed, and I don't know that they can disseminate between the two at what level, 
I think the dealer here is trying to pick salt out of, or um, yeah, he's trying to pick apart salt and pepper with boxing gloves on. And I think he's trying to make it difficult and uh, make a couple of bucks where he doesn't necessarily have to. And um, I hate to portray it in that light, but just something there doesn't sit right with me. That, on a one-year-old vehicle, whatever happened to bumper-to-bumper coverage? And um, something doesn't sound right, Tom. I'd go back and I'd talk to somebody. I'd look for somebody higher up and get a better answer because that one, uh, one kind of stinks. Hey, by the way, we're giving away, I should point that, we're giving away an LMC truck prize this hour, a $25 gift card. It's either going to be with a hat or a T-shirt. It's kind of a grab bag. For anyone that calls in and Fast Harry awards them to, LMC Truck, if you want more information, get out to lmctruck.com. They're the guys. If you've got a Chevy, a Ford, or a Dodge vehicle, truck or SUV, anything from the late 40s on up, um, they're the guys to go to if you're looking to restore something or help fix up your modern ride, lmctruck.com. Let's get over to the phones. Let's get over and talk to Robert, 2010 Ford Escape and an airbag problem. Robert, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. You're on at 855-560-9900. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome, sir. What's up? Well, I brought my car in because the airbag light came on. Um, got a call from the dealer saying that someone at some point installed an inhibitor sensor that actually blocked the sensor to the airbags. So for four years, I've been driving around with no airbags. Whoa. Okay. Well, wait a minute now. Did you buy this new or used? I bought it new. And... Um, in February of 2010, uh, my son did have an accident in August, um, July 2010. Funny. Okay. Okay. Uh, we took it in to be repaired, which was substantial. Un- under insurance? But I it was all done. Was it, it was, was under my insurance. Right? Okay. All right. And and now it's now you're being told that the airbag system wasn't repaired properly. Right. All right. I talked to my insurance company. I would, would they, after all this time, it would still be... Well, I think, you, listen, I think the liability... Let me ask you the question this way, or say it this way, Robert. God right. forbid that vehicle got into another accident a year later, right. and, and somebody was killed because the airbag mm-hmm. didn't go off. How hard would you push for it then? Yes, right. Okay. I, I'd be a little annoyed here. I'd be, I, I'm, I'd be, I'm very upset that yeah. I had to file out this way. And I have to say that the um, technician at the dealer was... Seem to be incredulous about it, right? I found something like that. You know, because somebody didn't do their job, and this is exactly what I talk about when I say an automobile is a two to three ton missile going down the road at sixty miles an hour, and if somebody doesn't do their job right, somebody dies. Here's a case where somebody not only didn't do their job right, they went out of their way to do it wrong, and and they're playing with. Why would why would they even do that? I mean, if it's covered by the insurance, if they're doing the work anyway, fix it. it Yeah, you know, I don't know. Listen, why do why do people do the things they do? Um, I don't I don't have that answer, and I don't think I should go into it. This is a car show, but um, although auto repair is a study in human nature, and I say that all the time too, I would I would be talking to my insurance company, and I would ask for the adjuster to you know they can go back in their files. I'm going to say that the majority of in, the way I understand it in New Jersey, and the majority of insurance repairs that they're always talking about lifetime guarantees on the repair work, depending upon how the insurance company has their connection built in with the repair facility. I'm going to bet dollars to donuts. It's pretty much the same way in New York. So I think the insurance company's on the hook for this one. And I think, okay. your, I think your conversation has to be with regards to the liability. And ask, and ask them when they start pushing you off, hey, listen, 
I'm calling you up because I want it fixed. I'm not calling you up saying somebody died as a result of the negligence of the body shop you guys sent me to. Okay. Right? All right. Yeah, right. You know, I'll that's, be on there first thing Monday morning. Yeah, let me know what let me know what happens here because uh, you can tell me you were talking to me and uh, if we need to discuss this on air, we sure can because that's there's a huge liability factor here. There's a huge liability problem here. They're playing with somebody's life. Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. You. You're very welcome, Robert. Good luck to you. Yeah, that's. Hey, listen. You, you know what? I I always say the liability for repair is on the repair facility. And something like that, if somebody bypassed an airbag system, if somebody modifies anything on a car without good reason or something against the law, because modifying an airbag system isn't legal, you're playing with somebody's life here. Uh, You're not allowed to defeat the system. That's why you'll notice people will call me up and say, hey, Ron, can I take this out? Can I disable the anti-theft? Can I bypass? Listen, there's a lot of ways to do a lot of things. There's certain things I won't talk about, and that's one of them. And, you know, I go back to, we'll lighten up the moment. I go back to when I was teaching and a million years ago in another lifetime. And I was teaching the kids how to, how ignition systems worked. True story. And I figured the best way to teach, and I was a young school teacher at the time, and I didn't really make the connection. I, I taught them how to bypass the ignition switch and hot wire the car, thinking they would then realize that purple is hot you know, red is red is switched power and so on. And, you know, this would be a really good lesson. Like, this would stick. Unfortunately, it did because three days later, one of the kids showed up with his GTO. That shows you how long ago this was. And I said, I thought you were grounded. Your dad took the car away from you. He goes, yeah, he took the keys. He didn't take the car. <laughs> so I had to have the conversation with him and his father and apologize and promise I would never do that again. So um, always be mindful about how you say things and what you talk about with regards to cars. It was it was a rather funny moment that I remember from 35 years ago. Anyway, 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Give us a call and keep in mind that LMC gift card is still up for grabs this hour. We'll be back right after this. Of land where the supermarket used to stand. Before that, they put up a bowling alley. Cruising along this hour, I'm Ron Anini in the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Let's get over to the phones. Let's go talk to Lee in Los Angeles, California, 98 Ford Expedition. Hi, Lee. How can I help? Hey. Hi, Ron. How you doing? Good. Rolling um, along. What's going a- on? 98 Ford Expedition, I have a transmission fluid in a cooler reservoir and vice versa. I have a, and I, yeah, and I also have it in the transmission itself. Um, okay. I was going, I was wondering how I go about that and what the price range of fixing it. Okay, so you've got, you, you've got coolant in the trans and trans in the coolant. Right. So what we've probably got here is a failed trans cooler in the radiator cross con- uh-huh. cross contaminating. Now, and I say it like that because somewhere in the back of my mind, there, there there's an auxiliary cooler on some of these, and I'm trying to remember the scenario where there's one scenario where it's not the trans cooler uh, in the radiator itself, and it's a combination of that and something else. So I would recommend that you trace out the trans cooler lines leading up to the radiator and make sure this is, you know, trans, radiator, boom, done. And if that's the case, then you've got a clear-cut bad cooler in the radiator going on. 
so at that point, it's replace the radiator, do a cooling system flush, and then, you know, obviously drain the trans and then do a fluid exchange on the trans and cross your fingers. Best answer I got. Right. I do it like a couple of times and then flush it out a couple of times of the transmission, or just one time to do it. Um, one time, one time for the. Well, I'll say it like this: It depends on how dirty it is. All right, it depends on how how much contamination we've got. If this is a you know vanilla-looking strawberry milkshake going on, you know it's going to take a while, and you're yeah. going to have to use some form of a mild cleaner through the cooling system. You can't put anything in the transmission because you'll hurt the seals inside there. Cooling systems will take a little bit more abuse than transmissions will. There's a lot more damage that could be done inside a transmission, so I wouldn't put anything really heavy-duty in there to flush it out. Maybe a mild trans flush, but I would be also mindful this is a 98, and it's probably got a lot of miles on it. And, you know, depending on how much stuff you want to stir up, uh, you know, this can become a problem, too. Is this the original Transly? Yeah. I okay. So. Uh, did it operate okay prior to this problem happening? It's it's still operating now. It's just uh, it's, okay. Yeah. If it's still operating now, then chances are, do a radiator, flush the cooling system, do a fluid exchange on the trans, change the filter, and and you'll okay. be just fine. I don't think you're going to have a problem. Uh, um, roughly, if I if I would take it to the shop, how much? Uh, well, you know, if, if for my seat here, if I were to guess in terms of New Jersey dollars, that radiator, yeah. if it's a heavy-duty cooling version, if it's a if it's a three-inch row, you're probably in the neighborhood of three three hundred fifty dollars for the radiator itself, uh, just for the part. Again, depends on the quality of what we're chasing. You know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff you can buy cheap junk out on the internet that you know some of it's not so good, some of it's real good. You got to know what you're picking. Um, yeah. I, I tell people part of what they're paying me for at the counter is my knowledge and my skill, and I know what works and what doesn't work, and that's part of what I have to do is I have to pick the best lettuce and tomatoes for the salad so they don't get indigestion. Um, so you're probably in the neighborhood of that for a radiator. A, a coolant exchange, depending upon how much coolant you use, uh, this is con- green conventional back in 98. I don't recall it being anything fancier than that. You're in the neighborhood of $150 there, so let's call it 5 uh, you know, changing the radiator itself, oh, you're an hour and a half, two hours, so let's call it seven. Um, okay. You know, so you're a grand or less as a, as a guesstimate by the time you service the trans and fluid. Fluids add up, and that's yes. something that a lot of people tend to overlook. If you were to walk into the shop, and I do this for, for dramatic effect, I'll walk over to the side cabinets against the wall, and they, people start asking us questions about, the price of this or the price of that, and I ask them, what flavor fluid does your car take? And I open up the cabinets, and there's, you know, 18 different brands of trans coolant, engine oil. <laughs> it's kind of a great picture um, because everything is very specific today. Now, in 98, you're going to be Merck 5 in all probability, and still even Merck 5 trans fluid out of 4 to 6 $7 a quart. And, um, you know, it's start adding it up. It gets to be very expensive. All right, sir? Okay. Hey, Lee, I'll all tell right. you what. Stay on the phone. Let Harry get your information. We're going to send that LMC gift card your way. It's a $25 gift card from the folks at LMC Truck. It'll be a hat or a T-shirt and $25 good for anything in their catalog. And when you do, go out online to lmctruck.com and request their catalog, and uh, that'll help you out as well. So um, hopefully that does something for your cause. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. We're back right after this.
Welcome back. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Call in and get your question answered. Let's real quick go over to Julie, New York. New York, a heck of a town. How can I help you in your 2000 oh. Dodge Intrepid, Julie? Julie, are you yes, there? Hi. Yes, ma'am. Hi, how are you? I'm here. Good, how are you? Good, how are you? Can I help you? Um, yes, um, I have a little problem with my 2000 Intrepid. And the problem being... I brought it to the mechanic. Uh, the car, you know, turned over a lot of power, but nothing connected. So of course the car didn't turn on. Right. So I brought it to my mechanic. He replaced two sensors and he gave me the car back. Next day the car won't start. It comes over because I couldn't get it there and he replaced the fuse. The following day the car didn't start. So I have that towed back there. And now he's telling me it's a mechanic, uh, an electrical problem and I don't know where he says he can't find it so what do i do with it okay so let's electrical place well let's here let's let's back up a second let me understand this a little bit um you brought it to him the first time and he changed two sensors all right right Uh, do you know what two sensors he changed uh i guess well nope never know and and no and no is an okay answer julie you can tell me no i don't know that's fine um did yeah, he change really did did he say anything about cam and crank position sensors? Is that no, is that the time I just had two sensors and that made it work and then right. again it blew the uh, then the next day he just replaced the fuse, the car started and right. then it blew the fuse again. Okay, so then let's let's do it like this. All right. If he just if he changed if he changed the cam and the crank sensors, which are common, okay. Right. And, you know, if he didn't diagnose anything or if he got caught between an intermittent and he had to take a guess and he did a cam and crank sensor, we're not holding him up to fire. We're just saying, hey, he took a shot. He, maybe it was an intermittent thing and it was his best guess at that moment. And if you explain that to you or not, I don't want to be judge jury on that. A cam, cam and crank sensors are common on those cars. But what's also common and what will cause a fuse to blow is uh-huh. ask him to follow the wiring harness up from the crank sensor as it comes up. This is a V6, right? Yes. Yeah. Follow as he, as the wiring harness follows up over the leading edge of the valve cover. All right. Where the where the wiring harness comes around the bend of the valve cover. Tell him to gently lift up on the harness and look underneath, because what happens well, look is under the look under the harness. The harnesses uh-huh. are pulled too tight when the vehicles were assembled and it will over okay. time and here's a car that's 15 years old it will saw right. its it'll saw its way through the insulation and create a dead short oh. all right that's what he was saying some about right. short there yeah so if, if if this is a case of if if the fuse is related and the second part of the question to him would have to be is the fuse related to the circuit of the two sensors because follow my thinking if he saw the crank okay. sensor wasn't doing its job and he assumed the crank sensor was bad, assumption being a bad word here on family radio, and he put a crank sensor in it and then the next day the fuse blew, perhaps his disconnecting the crank sensor, he intentionally, unintentionally moved the harness and aggravated the short, aggravated the short, I'm sorry, and now all of a sudden the fuse blows every time you hit a bump on the road or the car won't start or you go out to start it, crank, 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 the harness moves a little bit. I would very carefully look at the harness to the sensors that he replaced and start the diagnosis from there. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like I said, where the harness comes up around the valve cover, it's going to catch right on the sharp edge of the leading side of the valve cover. They wear through all the time and they blow the fuse, or at least they did. 
back when 2,000 Dodge Intrepids roamed the land in greater numbers. Good luck to you, Julie. Let me know if I can be of further help. I'm Ron Anany in The Car Doctor. I want to thank everybody for stopping by. The hour, the hands of the great Favog tell me this hour has come and gone. Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya! See ya!